Welcome to What We Started EDM, where we talk with producers, DJs, managers, labels, bunch of creators, and really anyone with experience in the EDM industry. I'm your host, Ted, and I talk EDM. Today, we speak with Albright, a melodic bass producer slash DJ based in Columbus, Ohio. Previously seeing success with mashups on SoundCloud, Albright has recently shifted his focus to making his own original songs and remixes. In this episode, we talk about getting DJ gigs, learning how to produce, and how to stay motivated even when you feel lost. You do not want to miss this episode. Awesome. I'm joined by Carson Albright of Albright Music. Awesome. I just want to start out by learning a little bit more about your background, how you got into music, and how you got to where you are now. Yeah, totally. So my journey has been about like three and a half-ish years now. I started learning how to DJ when the pandemic hit as like probably 60% of DJs now would tell you that's exactly when they started. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I got inspired initially by my cousin who was a DJ at the time. Um, He was doing pretty much the same stuff as I am doing now, DJing around Columbus, doing clubs and stuff like that. And he just, I, I don't even have this like magical story for how I started. He's just like, you should learn how to DJ. And I'm like, yeah. sweet, let's do it. I, I guess the only thing that I could point that actually like inspired me was just going to places around Ohio State. And they had those little like jukebox things, like the touch tunes. Yes. And I would be that one guy that would throw on like some song. And if I saw everybody go from just standing, talking, hanging out to start jumping, mm. like made my night. And that just got me thinking like, I could, I could do this. I could do this yes. for longer. So yeah, without going into like ridiculously heavy detail, I started DJing around Columbus in like 2021 ish. I really started, you know, when the world opened up, when clubs started opening back up. And after about a year or so, I started to tell myself like, you can't go to these maximum heights without having your own music without being like your own artist, you know, being a DJ is cool. I think it's awesome for anybody, everybody who does it. But at the end of the day, if you want to have your ceiling as high as humanly possible, like I realized it's time to start bridging into being an artist. And that's kind of the the phase that I'm in right now is like hunkering down, making my own music, like working on actually developing myself as an artist, kind of like hitting that, that like silent spot. And then, you know, going from there. Oh, yeah, man. So you've just been grinding? Yeah, I guess so. That's what you want to call it. Yeah, so yeah. in my room for four or five hours a day. Like, yeah. if that's what the grind is, that's what I'm on. We'll I, think as a, I think as a producer, that definitely is. It takes so long to get your music to a professional level of quality. Like, Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. I'm I'm dealing with that hard right now with just kind of like mm-hmm. that balance of what sounds professional and also what am I enjoying like they're both mm. kind of clashing right now that kind of phase of, of figuring myself out and I don't I don't know if this is like a normal thing with artists I haven't heard much of it from anybody else but I'm kind of in that that slow phase of what do I really want to be moving forward and how do I kind of like hone in on this I think it's the most mm-hmm. difficult period I've hit in my journey period just sitting like I don't have much to post I don't have much to release just kind of like understanding that I'm playing the long game right now and Mm -hmm. yeah putting my chin down and hoping I come out with some good music yeah I don't know how great what (laughs) I have in the vault is right now it might be great it might not that's also just card kind of the uh what is it the stick with like personal Mm self-criticism 
So, yeah. Yeah, it can be scary, man. Like putting all your time and effort into this one thing and seeing that it's going to take a lot longer until you get to a point that you're happy with. Talk a little bit more about that. Like, how do you stay motivated? Yeah, man. I mean, I sit, I'm kind of like a victim to the the comparison game. Mm. Like whether I want to admit it or not, I really am. And I see all these artists like that look like they blow up off their first song or like Mm. their first, like three or four songs. This seems to happen all the time. Like these artists that jump in the game and it's like, this kid is, is 20 and he's, young and exciting and he's got this unique style but like what we don't see is the years of work that just got like put into that like even that just that very first song Mm -hmm. like the work in in the like just like sitting in your room in silence you know working hard like I think a lot of these people have gone through that for years to get to like this one little point where you know it looks like they blew up right off the bat when they've actually been putting in silent work and I, I, I try to like strategize myself sort of like that as mm-hmm. often as I can. Like, no, these good things aren't going to come for me until like I put in a lot of work. I can't just, mm-hmm. you know what? I'm going to sit down. I'm going to make a song today and I'm going to release it and it's going to go viral. You know, yeah. even if something I do sit down today and make is incredible, maybe it won't. So I need to stick with those, just, just these, uh, what's the word? Just like these ideologies that I need to sit. I am not above the work ethic that everybody else has put in. I'm not some, I might not be some special shining star that's going to press one key and make millions. So I also have to be the one to sit down, work hard, you know, find a way to love what I'm doing. I think that's Mm -hmm. been kind of the the recent journey, like figuring out how to seriously love this. That It doesn't even feel like a grind Mm -hmm. at that point. I'm mostly just, I guess, the more I talk about it, approaching this from like a rational standpoint. Like I do still have this fire in my heart where I'm like, man, I want to make this cool music that I could share with people that I could really get out. But at the end of the day, what seriously keeps me going is just telling myself this, this discipline of you got to work for it. It's cool. It's such a, man, it's such a dream, such a cool thing to be able to be, you know, a musician for a living, like being an artist which means that you have to work for it just in, in the nature of like how you earn really cool things, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And that almost makes it feel better too. In fact, you put on all this work and then you see it pan out long-term and do, it feels yeah, good. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope it will, man. That's the thing. Yeah. I sit and I think this all the time. I'm like, when I make it to one of these big stages, it's going to be awesome. But that's so intangible right now. Mm. Like that kind of thought only carries me so far. And then there's a point where, you know, 30 minutes into sitting, making something and I'm frustrated. I got to like kind of approach it a little bit differently. I can't 24 hours a day be like dreaming. You know, I got no. just kind of got to push sometimes. Yeah. It's painful, but that's the only way. Yes. And I liked how you talked about how these people that seem to be in overnight success aren't actually in overnight success they had been grinding all this time and then all of a sudden yeah 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 that's a hard thing to deal with because like everyone will tell you oh everyone's got a different journey everyone's story is different and things like that but then you you know what you see as a consumer or like an aspiring artist or whatever it all looks the same like they drop music and it was really cool. And maybe they had like a TikTok blow up 
Like mm-hmm. this, there, there only seems to be one way, but it, it really is true. Everyone's got a different path. They're all dealing with different ways to figure out their own like creative flow and, mm-hmm. you know, grow themselves as an artist. And that's the kind of thing that I've been figuring out for myself, which is a rare thing, but you really have to do as an artist. You just got to figure stuff out for mm-hmm. yourself, find your own journey. It'll come along at its own time. But it's it's weird. It's so vague. Mm. And that's something that's been so tough to figure out. I'm the type of guy that loves like concrete steps. Like you got to do yes. this and then you have to do this. It's not that way at all. You just got to <laughs> sit down and figure out by that day, like, here's what we're going to do today. Maybe it'll be great. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll suck. But we're going to do it. Yeah, we're gonna do it again tomorrow. It's so strange, but I, it's cool. Mm-hmm. It's like super unique. I mean, you don't see that in any sort of like business industry or like anything mm-hmm. like that. It's it's vague and it's fluid. Mm-hmm. And at times, do you ever feel lost? Oh yeah, totally. I'm actually like going through that right now. Just kind mm-hmm. of having sat in my room just grinding for so long, you start to wonder like what it's all for. Yeah, and that's I mean, there's something about it that. I know a lot of other people have had where they just like, you might feel lost one day and might think like, this isn't it, man. It's something's not clicking, but then the next day you just want to get back at it. Mm-hmm. You want to yes. sit back down. There's something pulling you to think like, I got to sit back down and I got to give it another shot. And I think that's the kind of thing that you'll see in a lot of really successful people, or even just like a lot of mm-hmm. people that are really happy with what they do. They have something that's just going to make them sit down the next day. You just got to show up every day do something but dealing with with being lost i totally got way off track there i yeah i get that a lot and i have this mentality where i'm going to do what i want to do no matter mm-hmm. what like no matter w- whether something is super trendy like i know house is a big deal right now and like heavy dubstep is is also a pretty big trend right now like that or whether like i'm way better at making something than something else i stick to what i want to do Mm-hmm. regardless and that that can sometimes screw me over because i'm looking straight at like the end goal of i want to make this really cool music mm-hmm. and it's you know way away that i'm kind of like not following the path of probably where i should be going to figure all these things out so i do i do get lost and i think that's another thing that's just part of the journey you gotta yes. understand that these obstacles exist for probably everyone not that it should be like uh you can only bear it if other people are going through the same thing but people really are and that's just one of those things that you're going to look back on and be like man I, I pushed through and that was cool and maybe I could have embraced being lost for a little longer you know mm-hmm. maybe someday I'll have it super figured out and be so set in what I'm doing that I wish I was lost again, if that makes mm. like any sense at all. Yeah. It's kind of a, a weird <laughs> thing to say, but yeah, it's, it's part of the process and that's what makes it so cool and so special. It's not like a bad thing by any sense. It's just a part of the journey. Yes. Awesome, man. Yeah. I agree a hundred percent on that. Um, something you talked about at the start was how you got excited when you played a song at a bar on like the <laughs> yeah. touch tunes. Um, and I'm assuming that translates over into DJing. Sometimes you play something and it won't hit. Sometimes it yeah. will. And you'll, you'll be able to read the crowd. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's been the story of of DJing for the past three years for me. It's just, mm-hmm. 
I I got really lucky when I started DJing. I, the first things I ever DJed were were fraternity parties mm. when I was in school. Yeah. And I got really lucky because I just decided to play Katy Perry and Kesha, not knowing what the hell that would actually entail. And people liked it, which I'm glad they did because I would not have known what to do if I had played like dubstep for a bunch of frat kids and they hated yeah. it. Um, but yeah, I mean, the whole way of my my journey DJing, whether it's been in like bars or, you know, bottle service nightclubs or in mm-hmm. like college campus bars, it's it's all just you have to try stuff. You have to see if it works. You have to deal with a lot of things not working. You know, mm-hmm. some songs that I've wanted to play out live, whether they're like mashups or just like regular original tracks, I've been thinking like, Ooh, they're going to love this. This is, this is a hot song. And I think people are really going to like it. And maybe it flops like crazy and you sit and you go, I'm not going to do that again. Or you sit and you go, that was awesome. I'm going to do that every night for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. You just, you have to learn, you have to try stuff, which is, it's kind of the beauty of it, especially knowing that when you DJ, nobody really DJs for like one song Mm -hmm. ever, you know? So if I'm playing like a, like a, four three four hour set i'll try out a, like a lot of new tracks that maybe i've never tried because they'll forget about it in two minutes if i played a song that's not so great get it out of there something new off the mind gone and you know i learn maybe they learn something too but like mm-hmm. no harm no foul it's the name of the game yeah it's just trial and error and getting feedback yeah. from people yeah, totally. That's uh, the whole thing is getting feedback from people. That's the only yeah. thing that has taken like any successful DJ far enough is watching people and seeing what they like. It's mm-hmm. it's like the toughest thing that especially as a manager where I DJ right now, we look for in people is like who can tell what the crowd really wants instead mm-hmm. of just showing up going these are all insane songs, I'm going to play them all. Like mm-hmm. watching the people you got to know it's crazy. You have to know hundreds of people who you've never met mm. in your life. Like you have to be able to look at these people, never having said a word to them. And you got to know everything about them. You got to know, like just based on their reactions to stuff, maybe how their day has been going, what they are going out for, you know, what mm. their mood is at the time. And you have to play off of that. It's a fun little chess game. It's It's really interesting to me. Yeah, man. How did you start getting gigs in the first place as a DJ? Yeah, so I got a weird sort of bit of a break. Um, I had two things happen at the same time. I had been DJing like in my bedroom and for these like frat parties for about a year or so. And I was given the email of someone who works with, I don't know if you've ever heard of Prime Social. They run Breakaway Festival. It's mostly an Ohio thing. So I was given a contact of someone who was, booking people for their like silent disco mm-hmm. for breakaway that, that uh, fall. And I just sent this guy an email. I'm like, Hey, I DJ at a frat and I really want to DJ for, for breakaway. I really want to perform. Like, how can I make this happen? And in hindsight, I'm glad that I reached out. Cause like I might have a lot of reservations on doing that like nowadays but it's such Mm. a weird way to open and just hope that you're going to get something yeah you know just by cold emailing someone it was just crazy but he hit me back he's like i have three questions for you i wish i remembered what those questions were it was like 
why do you want to DJ at Breakaway? Um, like what got you into DJing? And then like something else. I don't remember. I remember typing out these long essays, like yeah. I'm going to wow this guy with my emotion and my courage. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, he hit me back. He's like, I'm going to throw you on the silent disco. It was like the second slot, something like that. Um, and that, I mean, it was cool. Like I got my, my name, my old DJ name, DJ CJ. I got that on like a, like a bill that I guess like some local people could see. Um, but that mostly just like inspired me. Like mm. I can take this away from a frat basement, like, you know, frat basement fun and all, but like, I could seriously go somewhere with this where maybe I have like a little bit more open format, like a little bit more range. Um, I could do cool stuff. Like, Playing at, at a festival sound, this goes cool. It's sweet. And so I started really reaching out to people and I reached out to um, the promoter for this club in Columbus called Dahlia, which no longer exists. Mm-hmm. May it rest. Um, and I, they were looking for DJs. I'm just like, I did the same thing. I'm like, hey, I DJ frats. Can I play at your club, please? And he put me on like three slots. And, and I think the biggest honestly one of the most pivotal pivotal moments of my career was the very first night that he had me out he had me opening for for phantoms which is a really cool house artist that i can't believe he let, let me open for for mm-hmm. shot but i had been pushing it with my fraternity and all my friends at the time like please come out this this friday like this is gonna be huge there was like a it was a noon uh, Buckeyes game the next day. Yeah. So like nobody wants to go out. And I'm like, please guys, come on. You got to come out. This is going to be insane. Um, I think I had brought like 80 people out to this. Like they rallied and they brought their own friends and like so many people showed up mm-hmm. and this promoter was like, okay, I want to put you on, on more stuff. Like if you're going to bring this type of people out, which I never came close to a second time ever, but that really like skyrocketed me into okay, I can seriously chase this because that made someone believe in me, which mm-hmm. was like the biggest thing. I think if people hadn't believed in me early on, those two people, those two promoters, like I don't think I would have pursued like DJing beyond, you know, doing small college stuff ever if people hadn't believed in me like that. Cause that snowballed into other stuff. Like that same guy that put me on after that first set, he recommended me to open for cash cash that following january which another just like pivotal moment where i'm like this is cool like going up the levels it was fast it was way too fast being a frat basement dj in like may and then opening for cash cash in january it's not as fast as anyone should ever escalate (laughs) like but it, it, it motivated me it got me excited and at that point you know once you've like started opening for cool artists, mm-hmm. like you can't stop it. It's just something you chase for forever. And now I'm chasing having people open for me. So yeah, we've come full circle ish. We'll see if we get full yeah. circle. <laughs> I like how open and honest you were with those people too. Like, I feel like some people would take the approach of fake it to make it. And they're trying to pretend yeah. to be something they're not, but you were just, this is who I am. I play frat basements. And these people took a chance on you. Have you thought about that at all? Yeah. On that line, because I have a lot of people talk to me. They're like kind of saying the same things. Like, how did you, how did you get to where you are? And one of the first things I tell people 
every time is don't treat people like they have something to offer you. Mm-hmm. Like I, it, it makes me, it doesn't make me sick. It's, it's probably a little dramatic to say, but it sucks sometimes when people will approach me and they like have this tone, like you have something to give me. So I'm going to, you know, network with you, especially mm-hmm. cause like yeah. I, I manage the the staff of DJs at this place in Columbus called Midway. If you've ever heard. Of course. Uh, yeah. Nice. And a lot of people like want to DJ there. So they'll come up to me like, Hey man, just, uh, wanted to get to know you a little bit. You want to like get some coffee and talk or something like that. And you know, that kind of thing is cool. I love that. Don't get me wrong. But when you, sometimes when you show up, you talk to them and they're just like trying to pitch themselves to you, mm. which is kind of unfortunate. Cause I don't want anyone to ever feel like I have to be like a business selling point to them, you know, yeah. like, in this in this world, at least as far as I've gone, you know, this might change the further I go, but just treating people like people, being yourself, like you said, just like being real with it is what's gonna win like 10 times out of 10. It it, it makes you happier too. I don't there's not much joy to be had in feeling like, oh man, I gotta pitch myself to everybody. I gotta make everybody think that I'm this star and that I'm this big newcomer you know be yourself mm-hmm. it makes everything easier for everybody else like especially like i said when you don't treat people like they have something to give you because if you get to know people you put your neck out there you you know make relationships with people maybe they have something to offer you maybe you have something to offer them mm-hmm. and if that's the way it shakes out like awesome that is so cool but you know it's not going to help in the long term if like you said you're faking it till you make it yeah you're like Oh, I can I can definitely get something from this guy. Why don't I go nosy up to him mm-hmm. or her? It's it just makes the the community like a lot less tight. It makes it hard to really get mm-hmm. to know people. Just being authentic that that wins. Authentic, yeah, for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be more authentic and don't treat everything as a transaction either. Yeah, totally, exactly. It it makes it less enjoyable. Really, mm-hmm. like the best thing about a lot of this music stuff is like we're all passionate about the same thing. Mm-hmm. We all have the same goals. Like this excites everybody. So like, yeah, it's you're right. It doesn't have to be transactional. Like being more synergetic is is cool. Because mm-hmm. again, there's been a lot of people that I've met around Columbus that like I never even expected would be so important to my growth or whatever that I just wanted to make friends. Yeah. And then, you know, I find myself growing together with these people. And that's the one thing I can't recommend enough for anybody early on. I tell this to everybody. It's just like, find find some people that want to grow together. Like, find your people, mm-hmm. find a little niche. I don't think I'd be half as far as I am now if I hadn't found just some friends that were maybe on a similar level. Maybe they weren't. Mm-hmm. And we just, like, wanted to be pals, boost each other you know, grow together. It's, it's that old quote that I'm sure you've heard and I'm probably uh, preaching the choir here, but they say, uh, what is it? If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. I mm. love that. quote. Yeah. Find some people, man, grow with them. It's so cool. It makes the experience more enjoyable. It makes it easier to grow. Everybody wins. Mm-hmm. And you probably feel more inspired and you also have people that can teach you things that you can teach too yeah. when you learn something. Yeah, totally. And you, yeah, 
you influence each other, you know, like maybe your styles can combine. You can learn some cool things from them. Like you said, you could teach them some cool things. It's cool. It's, it's again, it's another part of the journey. It's one of those like really cool parts of the journey that you just got to embrace and not get so lost in this. I need to make the next step. I got to network with the next highest person, Mm -hmm. you know, enjoy your friends, celebrate each other's victories, boost each other. It's cool. It's, it's such a good element to this industry. You know, we're all such a, like, I mean, we're all in like the grand scheme of like DJs and producers, you know, like we're all such a similar breed. We're passionate about the same stuff. Mm -hmm. It wins to, to just have your people be cool to everybody. I think that goes without explaining. I'm probably over explaining just the principle of be nice. Be a good person. Yes. But it's the truth. Yeah. It wins in the long in the long run at least. Hundred percent. Yeah. Awesome, man. So you started out DJing and then you also have a SoundCloud now where you post mostly mashups, but also your own music. How did that start? Like how did you create a SoundCloud? How did you do your first first post on there too? So my first couple posts were like little 15 to 30 minute mixes because mm-hmm. i along with probably a lot of like djs who start out like as college djs uh, were inspired by i was inspired by two friends i'm like yes oh man like i just post mixes and this might do it for me like that's mm-hmm. so cool so i just you know make some dj mixes whether they were for fun or to you know share with the world and then let's see how did i start with mashups I started on mashups in like the spring of 2022. Mm-hmm. I don't really even know what got me into that. I think it was my friends just being like, all right, we got to move it on to the next step. You know, let's, let's, let's take it up a little bit. And I started posting stuff. I think the first mashup I posted was like a said this guy mashup and it went for like 8,000 streams. For some reason, I was going to be happy if I got 20. Um, and I realized like, Ooh, posting mashups is cool. It's, it's easy to do. It's really easy to do it. It, it gets you excited about something because even though maybe you didn't like write the vocal or produce the instrumental, it's still like a new combination that you made in your own way. It's like your own little art. It's like a little creation. And that inspired that like excitement of like, I want to make more stuff. And that mm-hmm. is what gated me into like, I'm going to start making original music. Like we got like, this is as high as we could take it right now. Um, so my SoundCloud is a little bit, dry right now because i've only got one remix out that i like i definitely kind of rushed a little bit on um i have a lot of stuff like sitting in the vault a lot of stuff that's like private unreleased because i don't have like a massive amount of music you know sitting like in my bag um and i'm kind of waiting not waiting but i'm working towards getting to this like solid like chunk of a catalog that I can Mm -hmm. release consistently because I realized what I was doing initially was I got to get this remix done I got to get it out now and then once the remix is out like oh man I gotta go for another one I I, I gotta go for the next one like right away I only have a certain amount of time so and, and that's not the right way to do it it just leads you to chasing stuff and making music that maybe you're not so happy with because I'm on a timeline. I have to go super fast. So what I'm doing now, and a lot of the a lot of the reason why my SoundCloud is so silent right Mm -hmm. now is just because I've been working on stuff so I can hit that point maybe 
whether it's in six months or in a year where I can be like, all right, I can finally start releasing the stuff that I've been working on. I can release maybe every two months, something like that. And I can just keep this going for a long time instead of dropping a song and then chasing that next track on some hot deadline that I make up myself. So yeah, the SoundCloud should be getting new music soon. I have a couple things that I could push the release button on right now, but I'm keeping it, I'm keeping it under wraps for just a little bit longer until I've got some more consistent stuff to release. Definitely. Hopefully original music. That's the, that's the main goal right now. Cause that's really where you can really go as an artist. Like, SoundCloud remixes are are awesome. I think they're so cool. I think a lot of people that make remixes, they're some of the most talented people in the industry make like SoundCloud remixes and put them out. You know, they let other DJs download them, play in their sets. I think it's the coolest thing ever. But what I really want to focus on is my original music. So like people know like, oh, that's Albright. That's the guy that made, you know, this song that I listen to in the car like every day. Mm -hmm. Like, that's that's the ultimate goal. That's like well, the dream that keeps me going, getting that original music out there. Maybe even being able to show people stuff at, at family functions without having to explain what a DJ is for the 90th time. Yeah. I think it'll be a big stepping stone once I get there. Definitely, man. When that point comes, are you going to continue posting on SoundCloud or are you going to transition over like Spotify and Apple and everything? Have you thought about that? I'd like to be able to do both. I think... Yeah remixes in their in their own right and like soundcloud mashups and stuff are really quintessential to especially what djs get to play you know that's what like keeps the game shaken up instead of you know everybody playing john summits where you are every night the same one forever you know like (laughs) remixes and mashups and stuff like that shake it up it keeps it fresh at all times and i it would be awesome if i could be like a staple piece in people's DJ sets, whether it's like one track that I make, that's like a big staple for a long time. Or if it's like a mm-hmm. bunch of little tracks that people find really cool. Yeah. I I love to keep releasing them. I think I probably wouldn't go back to like focusing on remixes until I'm like relatively well established. Cause I think the original music is what keeps you like remembered more, mm-hmm. especially you see like, all these people on any TikTok of like a cool song, they'll comment over and over like, put this on Spotify now, put this on Spotify. Like I'm doing stuff that you could actually release on Spotify because that's where everybody yeah, goes. It's It sounds weird and this is like a little too logistical, but a lot of people won't go to like SoundCloud or YouTube, like these places that are harder to find music. And I want to be able to share my stuff as much as I can. So if I get it on all these platforms, you know, that's probably where I'll, I'll get to do the most of what I really want to do, you know? Definitely, man. Decrease the friction. I agree. People are not going to go to SoundCloud. Some people are, but it lowers yeah. the chance that you have of people hearing your music. If that's yeah, all. exactly. Every extra click that you add to finding stuff yeah. cuts a giant portion out of, like, the people that'll actually go listen to your stuff. Like, even the people that are probably commenting, like, I need this release now. We'll just swipe onto the next TikTok. Like, forget about <laughs> it forever. Yeah, yeah, right. Like, they check Spotify. Yeah, not there. Whatever. What next. <laughs> awesome, man. Can you tell me about how you chose your name and your logo and everything? How, how you're branding? 
Yeah. So <laughs> the name is really, really heartfelt to me. I just added L to my last name. Yeah. And put a little space there. I thought about this for a long time, especially like for the fact that I came out with just my last name spelled differently. I, yeah. I thought about it for a long, long, long time. Cause I was, like I said, I was DJ CJ for a while mm-hmm. and I thought that was it. I'm like, it's clever. It's nice. I got this silly little logo that I still have the sticker for on my laptop keyboard right now that I, I guess I can't show, but um, I, after a while just got kind of fed up of people calling me CJ DJ. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what? let's just, let's just rewrite it. Let's, let's go around again. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think the name Albright, like as much as it might seem like a lazy pick of, yeah, that's what your last name sounds like. Cool. I think it describes me and like fits what I'm going for as an artist, like way too sharply. Like I'm going for this, this bright, exciting, colorful sound that, you know, excites people and drives people. And, and, and you know, maybe some of the stuff that I do might make people feel sad or harness these like deeper emotions but in a sense that's got its own brightness to it because like anything Mm -hmm. that people feel to me that's a strong emotion is bright and it's it's colorful and beautiful in its own way and that's the kind of thing that like I'm going to strive for for the rest of my life whether it works or not I'm I don't think there's a way that I could stop just chasing this powerful outlet of emotion that like I know I feel with a lot of music and I hope so hard that someone will feel to my music and like i'm gonna try and follow that like brightness sound to it for forever because that's what it inspires me most like exciting bright colorful stuff that really makes you feel like you're put into this world yeah so that's hopefully the picture that i can paint um the logo itself is another one that I, I didn't think like terribly deeply on. I I even asked some of my friends, like what would be a, like a good logo for the name Albright? And then one of them just drew this star and turned mm-hmm. it into the A and wrote like Albright next to it. I'm like, yes. Sure. And then I sent it <laughs> off to uh, my, my logo guy. And mm-hmm. yeah, he did that current logo, which I, I still love. I'm hoping that someday like, um, do you know how Elenium has that little phoenix in the, yeah. it's like the I and the L. Like I'm hoping yeah. that the little star A can be that like little iconic little, um, I guess, logo, like side logo, a little symbol. Yeah. That's the word. I'm hoping that could be like a little symbol, just like the star A. Yeah. Like on a jersey iconic. or something. Yeah, t- yeah totally. Recognizable. Like, I do have on my, the shirts, I made these like shirts a while back. Mm-hmm. The pocket is that like star A with a bunch of flowers around it. That's the kind of thing that I hope like really catches on and like really is part of the the image someday. I love that logo. It works. I think. I I like it personally. Thanks, man. Thanks. Yeah, man. Awesome. I want to talk a little bit about your your workflow. Like you said, every day you've just been grinding, trying to get music out. (laughs) What does that process look like for you? How do you make a song? It looks it looks different every day, man. Yeah. That's the, the hardest thing. It is the hardest thing. Like I, that's what I've been working on figuring out most is like what works best for me. So I haven't really even sat with like the same workflow over and over again because I've been. It feels to me right now like when I make something really good, like it came 
spur of the moment. Like mm-hmm. I didn't even follow like the right pattern that I normally would. Like maybe I dragged a clip into the wrong channel and played it. I'm like, this sounds good. Like, let's do this. Or I, you know, accidentally came up with something, but I try to do right now. The first thing I like to do is I try and get in the right mindset before I sit down to produce, whether I feel like getting in the right mindset or not. I think it's important to just repeat some of the same emotions to get in that vibe off the bat. I'll go for like a little walk, leave my phone at home. Even if it's a 10 step walk, you know, step outside, clear my brain for a second, you know, get off TikTok for two seconds. Um, and then I sit down and I, I typically like to start with like my, with my verses. Cause that gives that like builds the world to me mm-hmm. that, that builds the world that I'm actually going to work on. Like I start with maybe some piano chords or maybe like some little atmospheres to, to like really drive this, like, okay, here's like the space that I'm going to build with this track. And then I I don't ever really start, at least not to this point, I don't start with like a vocal on the track, especially if I'm going to like work on originals. I don't have any vocals sitting in the, in the vault. So yeah, I'll, I'll build this world. And then I try and like take that inspiration and then start making this drop. That's like supposed to be the big show off of this world that I've been creating. Like mm-hmm. here's like the, the beginning is okay. Here's where this can go. And then the drop, like I'll start working on the drop because that's here's where this will go. And like, it can't go any farther than this. And then, you know, I'll connect the pieces and that's one of the hardest parts yeah, figuring out how to connect the pieces. Cause sometimes I don't know if this would translate to anybody else listening to my stuff, but sometimes I make this verse and I make this drop and I'm like, these aren't even on the same planet. Like these wouldn't go together at all. And maybe nobody else would hear that. Like, I don't think I've ever listened to a song and been like, this song, this song doesn't like stick together. Like it just feels like every song makes sense in its own right. So maybe I'm like overly hard on myself. That's where I'll get stuck a lot of the time if I'm just like these aren't going to work together. I I think my stubbornness kind of gets in the way, but once I connect those pieces, like it's, it's fast money from there. It's like adding extra details, adding what, like maybe I was like listening to it in the car and I'm like, Ooh, like I could just hear this melody showing up somewhere or or, Mm -hmm. like this little ear candy or whatever, or, Ooh, we need drums right here. That's I think the most fun part of, of creating once you, have the whole world created and then you can just Mm -hmm. like decorate it however you want it's it's house money from that point like you're not going to detract from the the overall image you can make it better you might not you know that's Mm -hmm. at least this far that's how my music has been made Mm -hmm. but i think i'm in this like weird phase like, like you were asking earlier about being lost like figuring out your workflow is hard it might be like the hardest part of making music that I've run into so far, just figuring out what the right pattern is. Cause you see all these producers that are like, they've got their own sound and, you know, like mm-hmm. from sound, from song to song, you can hear like, okay, this sounds, you know, pretty similar. Like they're using a lot of the same sounds. They're using a lot of the same structure. And that's another thing that probably took them years to labor on and, and mm-hmm. find success with. So I'm kind of in that, that frustrating phase of, okay, we tried this, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Let's try this. Okay. Maybe that didn't work. Let's try this. Ooh, maybe like we could take a little piece from that 
and add it to the overall scheme. But it's coming along slowly, figuring out what it takes to just make stuff and not be like, oh man, I just accidentally made something that's really cool because that's not how it's going to work for forever. Like stumbling upon cool ideas. Obviously that happens with everybody here and there. Like, you know, you'll hear these random stories like this producer accidentally made their biggest hit, Mm -hmm. but that comes with 40 songs that they sat down and seriously, like, like very strategically labored on to be able to get to. Yes, definitely. And sometimes it'll feel like you're spending forever on tracks and you don't really like them. And then all of a sudden you make a track in like an hour and it's your favorite thing ever. Yeah, Yeah. totally. That's, (laughs) oh man, that's like been the biggest thing. I think my favorite track that I have right now is like, it took me, it took two days and then it's been two months since then. And I've been chasing something and it's like half as good as that. And that kind of thing throws me off. That's funny. Yeah. You, you get that spot on. I'll do that. I think one of the most frustrating parts, I'll sit down for a full day, like eight hours, just sitting at this computer, like, Ooh, Mm -hmm. this could be something. And then I play it back at the end of the day. So I think we're going to try again tomorrow. Yeah. And, And sometimes you have to learn to, to move on too. Do you ever get stuck on a track? Like you like, I want to make this into something or do you yeah. you're pretty good at moving on? Totally. No, I, I definitely get stuck. I get attached to like mm-hmm. the idea of what I, where I really want something to go. Mm-hmm. And I do have this like cool idea. A lot of the time, like most of the tracks I start, I'm like, I can envision something really cool, but having only produced for like a year or so, yeah. I don't have a lot of these skills in my in my toolbox to be able to make like this cool stuff work. Mm-hmm. So I, I I do get stuck and I sit and I try and I get frustrated and I give it up and then I come back again an hour later and I try and then I'm like, I can't. So sometimes I have to force myself to move on and I've got a lot of like mm-hmm. almost finished projects in the vault. Because I did kind of just have to move on. But a lot of these things I've sat on, like working on for way too long. Yes. Yeah, you can't waste too much time. At some point, you need to move on. Yeah, yes. that's, yeah. Sorry, I got it. That's all I was saying. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I get it. It's another one of those huge struggles that they don't tell you about when you get into, like when you really get into making music. Like, oh, just sit work hard on the stuff you love and give it time and, and, you know, care for the work that you make. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, they slap on that little tail end of also, you, you can't spend too long on music. If it's not perfect, sometimes you just gotta get it out or, or move on from it. Definitely. Definitely. It's a hard lesson to learn. It is. I mean, you, you get just so attached to track sometimes too, you know, very, very, yes. <laughs> Do you have any like production tips or things that you keep going back to or even like plugins that you use often? Oh man, I guess I could give you the opposite of, of advice on that. Don't buy too much early on. Learn, learn the few core things that you have and then expand on it. I got in this like awful phase early on where I got like one synth, I got serum, which like everybody will tell you to get. Mm -hmm. And after about like, a week or a month i'm like i need more sounds i need Mm. i need to funnel as much money as i have into 
more sounds and more options because I want this big, like massive world of possibilities of stuff that I can do. And then Black Friday rolled around and I showed up with all my money and bought all these plugins and all these like instruments and all this stuff. And I've been like unpacking it for like a year and I Mm -hmm. skip around a little too much. I'm like, okay, like I didn't like the one sound that I looked at in this plugin. Let's go look at other ones. And so I've like become a jack of all trades, master of none. Like I've got everything you could ask for that's, that's on the market, but I don't really have like any special bond with like any of it. Mm-hmm. So you as far as you, you don't have any like go-tos, like what do you have a, like, do you use serum specifically often or yeah. Any other, yeah. I'm a, I'm a big serum guy. Um, Omnisphere, which like, I know a lot of like beat makers will tell you is huge because it's just got this huge catalog of sounds. Everyone will tell you they can make a full song off of just Omnisphere sounds. It's mm-hmm. incredible. Um, a guy that I've been doing lessons with recently really got me onto Portal. Have you ever heard of Portal? No, what is that? Portal, it's, it's like a granular synthesizer. I still don't even know how to describe what that actually does, but it's got all these like presets that you can put on your sounds that'll like, it'll distort them or it'll, it'll like mm-hmm. echo them or just, it does these like really weird effects where I've gotten into that spell of like, I could take something that maybe I got from like serum or silent or something mm-hmm. and I'll throw it into this portal. I'll pick a random preset. And like, that's new. Like the sound that comes out of it is like something that probably most people have not heard before. And like, nobody's probably ever made like this, this feels a little unique. I'm kind of in that game nice. of like combining stuff. You know, I think one of the big things that I've learned is, the the goal isn't as much in like refining these perfect sounds as much as it is like in the way you process them the things the effects mm-hmm. and stuff that you can add to them can really like seriously turn your your sounds from something that's like okay i've heard this you know a million times over and over again to something that's like unique and like wow yes. like what is this sound like, how does this even exist where did this come from that's kind of like the game that i'm in now and i think it's a lesson I've learned. Maybe I'll learn in three months, like, hmm, I was pretty opposite about that. But it that's that's yeah. what I'm on for right now. Definitely, man. Have you heard of the, the 80-20 principle before, Carson? Um, I don't think I have. It's is, this, that the, is it 80% business? It's uh, It can be applied to pretty much anything. But um, oh, it's the idea okay. that 20% of the value or 20% of anything comes from 80% of the product and then 80% of the value comes from 20%. So like, for example, a company might have one product that makes up almost all the revenue, like one product, meaning like 20% of the company makes up 80% of the mm-hmm. revenue. And then they have all these other side projects that mm-hmm. make up the other 20%. Um, in a, in a track, d- does that resonate with you at all? Do you have anything that's like makes up 80% of your tracks, but it's like only 20% of it. Does that make sense? What totally. I'm that's yeah. yeah. That's what people remember music for, man. It's the moments. Mm-hmm. Like you might throw this one moment, whether it's one line or like one bar or, you know, the start of your drop or something cool mm-hmm. that people are going to remember most. And that like really sticks with people. And that's the kind of thing that you can't plan. You can't be like this, this right here. I'm about to make the biggest part of this song. And then you like, 
people like if you think you could sit down and make the part that's going to be most memorable you stumble upon it a lot but like you said that's what like shows out for like 80 percent of of what the success is maybe this one big moment in a song like um was it a, a good example here like you hear in ray volpe's laser beam you hear that boom, mm-hmm. laser but like that one moment people don't remember for the most part like what's before the drop what's after the drop some people even tune out after like two bars of the drop, you know, but he made that, like Ray Volpe made that moment that stops everyone, whether you hear it like dropped in at a festival or like you're seeing yet another video of it on TikTok, like yeah. that moment. And I think that's like the goal, not maybe not the goal so much as it is like the fruit in a lot of music is like mm-hmm. coming out with these moments that you know, build together, they make your catalog, they make what people think of you and like mm-hmm. what they what they feel when they like think about you as an artist. Just making these moments. They're like I said, they're they're accidental. Some of the coolest things that I've made, whether they're single sounds or like little little loops or little sections of a song, mm-hmm. I never really intended on it. I'm like, maybe let's try and like switch things up here, but this is probably gonna suck. And make something I'm like, that's that's beautiful. Like that really could like make someone's day once it gets out there yeah one of these days yeah everyone knows that feeling they get when they hear something that's like what is this yeah or like the shiver song is fine yeah oh man absolutely that's especially as of recently like the more i've gotten into like making music and the more i understand what it takes to make some of this like incredible music that some of these people Mm -hmm. are making it's it's a game changer listening to music and i hope that's something i can like a feeling i can emulate and give back to people someday that would be like the coolest thing i'd consider myself successful if i've made like given someone that feeling at some point definitely definitely man you are lucky enough to have a job at least this related to your career right but it's, it's still a job and it still takes up a lot of your time yeah how do you you balance that how do you still put in the time for music but also work a a job i i don't mean to to talk down on what i do at all but i use it as motivation like Mm -hmm. i'm incredibly grateful to have the opportunities that i have to make a living off of being a dj like yes you know that's what maybe like a like a 13 year old would dream of Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm grateful to be living it but sometimes like a lot of nights if i'm playing the same like Katy perry songs or kesha songs over and over and over again i like sit there and i think like what if these people in front of me were there to see me do what makes me happy because right now i'm playing what makes the crowd happy like regardless of whether i've heard it once or a trillion times you know like i'm there for them it'll be so cool someday when I can like it motivates me to get to this point where I can get in a room and just be with this huge community of people that are passionate about the same things. And like, we're on the same uh, page about things, you know, like they want to hear my music. Like, you know, I want to Mm -hmm. inspire them with, with like new things that, you know, might be tailored for them it just, it it drives me. I think about that, like, like a, like a kid would think about all the time of just being on stage in front of people that are like passionate about the same things that you're passionate about. Mm -hmm. And that just, that just drives me to keep going after it. And like, I do get little shreds of that day to day in 
what I do, you know, like if there's a busy weekend, maybe something like there's a football game or like something big's going on and there's like a lot of people and maybe I'll be trying out something new that like I push the comfort zone or something like that. And it succeeds. Like I just, I chase that feeling. I really chase that feeling. And I'm hoping that someday it can like truly be fulfilled. I'm sure my goals are going to change the more I get, you know, through this and the, the, the more things that I might add to my checklist the goal will probably change, but I'm still chasing that just this one feeling that oh. that I want down the line, like that that shivers that you said, but like mm-hmm. on as big of a scale as as you can imagine, be able to give that to people, show like what inspired me, and hopefully give that inspiration back to the people. Yes, man, and I can't even imagine what that would feel like either. I can't yeah. either. <laughs> yeah. I hope I hope we'll see it. I hope I can tell you about it one of these days. Yeah, in the future, definitely, man. I'm excited. Awesome. Speaking of the future, what do you see in your future? Like, what are your goals? What What do you want Albright to become, and what are you working towards? I've I've kind of like recently revised what I'm going for. I think I spent all this time chasing this like I have to be successful. I have to be the next big thing. I have to go viral and blow up or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. So just what I've been chasing recently is doing what makes me feel like me and, and, you know, the right time will come along to be able to share this kind of music with the world and hope that it inspires somebody and hope that the things that, you know, make me feel like me might make someone else really feel like themselves, you know, Um, on a concrete level, next year the plan is to to like really start making it happen once 2024 hits i kind of like told myself you could take 2023 hunker down maybe be a little quieter than usual on like social media or whatever and just make music get like fall in love with the craft because it's it's a hard passion to fall in love with because of how frustrating it is early on like you might sit down with this huge ball of inspiration that you're feeling in your head and then you look at a blank grid and you're like i now have to make this into the sounds that i'm imagining in my head it's weird so falling in love with that craft has has been the mission and seeing what what comes of it i'm not gonna be that guy that sits here and is like oh there's like massive stuff coming i got i got bangers for all of y'all like Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna do that like I'm hoping that that the right creative channels continue to open up. And I'm hoping that like early 2024 is when I can start seriously sharing that. Cause I have a couple of tracks that I'm like really proud of that once I get those polished off, some of them need vocals on them that mm-hmm. I'm still working on. I might want to be able to do vocals myself. That's the, the ultimate goal. Like if I could really yes. be my own vocalist, um, yeah, early early 2024, I'm I'm hoping is the day that like all bright really breaks ground cuz it's hard to preach myself too much as like an artist when there's not much to stand on, you know, not much to show as like here's what I've done. Like here's the the art that I've put out cuz there's so few of it. Um so like really transforming into that next level of like okay, I'm an artist now. You know, let's 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 really get to show this stuff to the world and really like start to create a brand because i don't want to focus on like this hard like brand building when i don't have any product out either Mm -hmm. you know so focusing on the product and 
getting that out soon. If that's yes. one takeaway from that long ass answer. Yeah. <laughs> so um, where can people find you, Carson? Where can they follow your, your journey and your music? I would say Instagram is probably the best yeah. spot to really keep track of like what's going to happen next at Albright Music. Um, I'm lucky that there's no, I didn't have to put any periods or underscores or anything in there. Yeah. Albright Music. I am very lucky that I got that. Um, TikTok also exists, but my TikTok is a little bit of a, a strange story. I don't know if you've gone to my TikTok. No. I, it's like what we talked about earlier with like things accidentally like the th- the things of yours, whether it's content or like music or whatever, that's most successful is often what you plan on being least successful. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of posts on there about like some of the original music I've made or like some of my remixes and stuff. And those are buried beneath like crappy, like college bar videos that have gone for like a ridiculous amount of views. Like I had one video that I posted in November Um mm-hmm. It was just me playing like dancing queen in this bar at two in the morning. Mm. And um, that went for, I remember posting it and my friend who I was with, he's like, you're not actually going to post that. Are you? I don't know. Why not? And it's got four, like 4 million views or something like that. It haunts me. (laughs) I open, I open TikTok. Every time I open TikTok, I see like a little one next to that inbox thing. I'm like, Ooh, like maybe someone like, like the TikTok of mine that's got, you know, my music on it, or like a friend sent me a TikTok and it's just like someone liked that video again. It's been a year and it's just haunting me. I've had people come up to me at that same place where I recorded the video. They're like, you're the the guy in the TikTok. Like, I can't believe you remember that. That's crazy. That's, that might be my legacy now. So TikTok is yeah. cool. DJ at DJ Albright. You'll see a lot of cringy college stuff on there, but that's that's part of what built the account and what built me. Oh yeah, man. And then what's your SoundCloud? Is it just all bright music? Um, it's all bright. There's like a SoundCloud link kind of thing. Let me see what Yeah. I can put the link actually. down below too. Sweet. That would be awesome. I especially because I really don't know where I'm supposed to find this. Yeah, it's. I think it's actually just like sound t- soundcloud.com slash all underscore bright or something like that. But if you look up all bright on SoundCloud, obviously my search is probably going to be biased, but I think that's like one of the first things to pop up. Yeah. Or, yeah, it, it might be. So that's a good place awesome. to find it. And then hopefully all bright on Spotify soon. I need to work on yeah. that page. It's a good reminder that I need to start working on gearing that up. Yeah, Been man. a little bit lazy exciting exciting stuff well thanks for coming on carson i really appreciate yeah. it i'm excited i think a lot of what we talked about is very helpful for me i'm sure people listening and also re- relatable too you know everyone sweet that produces has had that's, the same experience yeah that's cool man i appreciate you giving me like a chance to just talk about this stuff if you can't tell i could just sit and ramble on about random like unrelated things all day so thanks for giving me yeah. the chance to throw that out there and like thanks for talking with me man like these were some sweet questions like i could tell you get it which is cool yeah i like talking to people who like actually really get it that's sweet yeah thanks for listening to the podcast you can find us on spotify apple Podcasts, and youtube just search what we started edm i'm your host ted and i talk edm